Welcome, welcome all to another episode of your favorite podcast. Targo, how you doing today, man? I'm doing fantastic, my dude. How are you? I'm doing good. I got two beers I've never tried in front of me. Hey, talk to my best friend about the best sport and activity in the world. What could be better than that? Dude, nothing, nothing. Right? I love that hat, by the way, the T. Thank you. Uh, Tiger Tiger Woods, y'all. Oh, it's a TW. Yep, I see it now. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, what are you drinking today? I am drinking a beer from Icicle Brewing Company out of Leavenworth, Washington. Mm. It's a Alpenhaze Hazy IPA. Ooh, let's Solid give it a try. Yeah, we'll see how this one is. Make sure not to shake it. I've done that before. Yeah. Oh, we got a two sipper. Ooh, that's really good. Oh, that's the first like really that. good, ladies and gentlemen, that we have got from Targo on this show. I really like that. Ooh, because, you know, I'm not a big hoppy hop fan. I know. It's not I'm very- not either. And I got two IPAs in front of me, so this should be interesting. <laughs> uh, my you first one strong today. Yeah, we're going with the force on today's episode. I got Skunk Ape from Boneyard Brewing. Love uh, that this name. This apparently is a winter IPA, so it's like a winter warmer mixed with an IPA. Well, you probably uh, need that right now. I, I saw you got a bunch of snow. Oh, God, so much snow. Like, can it be over already? All right. Almost, man, almost. The verdict? Yeah, that's good. That's good stuff. I don't like IPAs, but that tastes more like a winter lager with a little bit of a hoppy finish, so it's good. Okay. Uh, and to find out the second one I have, we'll have to wait till later in the show. Okay, when you're so, finished with the skunk cave, huh? <laughs> those are our brews. Let's get to some banter. Welcome to Brews and Banter. All right, today's episode is a preview of March 2nd to March 6th, and we are going to go over the actual winners of the FIFA Best Awards, as well as talking about why Chelsea and Liverpool suck so bad. <laughs> So yeah, we need to dive into that one, to man. How bad they suck. Uh, let's get to some previews, shall we? In let's the do Premier it. League on March 4th. First off, I can't believe it's March already. Holy cow. Yeah. Just Crazy. being St. Patrick's Day is right around the corner. Uh, we have a big game to start us off on the weekend Manchester City against Newcastle. Yeah, second versus fifth. That should be a good one. Newcastle, known for their tough defense. City, Manchester man, City known for their ruthless attack. So yeah, yeah, they are. It's uh, yeah, gonna be a good one. Newcastle haven't been great lately, though. They have not. You know, they lost out in the Carabao Cup final. Maybe Nick Pope. Is Nick Pope? I think Nick Pope's still gone for this game. So mm-hmm. we got to Brock last back. one. Yeah. Ah, man, I think Newcastle Newcastle doesn't stand a chance in this one. I no, hope they get a draw. It's, it's hard. It's hard to choose. Newcastle in this one, especially since, I mean, it seems like not that long ago they were in third place and 10 points up on Tottenham, and now Tottenham are four points ahead of them in fourth place. Well, that's what happens when you don't win games and you're just drawing or losing. Yeah, um, and they're really struggling to score goals. Thankfully for them, Manchester City are struggling to keep teams out of the net. So hopefully they can get one or two in this one, but yeah, I see this going one way and one way only. Manchester City with the victory in this one. Yeah. 
Yes, it is. Next up, we got our boys in red and white, the Gunners against Bournemouth. Bournemouth coming off a tough loss against Manchester City, four to one. This one's at the Emirates. How do you yeah, see Bournemouth one? did not play well their last time out. No. And as an Arsenal fan, I hope that continues. And Arsenal can slot three, four past them. Arteta can maybe get some subs on, get a Smith Rowe on. Let's see him come on and play. Yeah, Arsenal. Yeah, I'd love to see uh, Kivior get a chance in this game. Kivior, yeah, let's get him on the field. Uh, maybe give uh, Saliba a break. I think Gabriel's too, been playing too good. You can't rest him. But I know Kivior is a left-sided central defender, so maybe Gabriel does make way in this one. Yeah, I only see it happen if they're good two goals up, though. I mean, Arteta's been uh, shaking things up a little bit more. Uh, I would I would suspect Thomas not Partey does, does not start this game. Giving him a little bit of a rest. Jorginho's been playing really well in his absence. I think you're onto something there, um, yeah. But, yeah, I'm, I'm with you on this one. I, as well, see this going one way. And Arsenal's victory. Next up, we have Aston Villa against Crystal Palace. Crystal Palace tied Liverpool last time out. Looked promising, but couldn't put the ball in the net. And Aston Villa went in 2 0 over Everton. How do you see this one going? It's at Villa Park. And Villa Unai Emery, he's finally got them, got a win for them. Let's see. They've. Man, Crystal Palace could really use this win. That would jump them right up just a point behind Aston Villa, who are above them in the table. But man, without Wilfred Zaha, it's tough to see who's going to score in that Crystal Palace team. I think I got yeah, to Aston Villa. They they do seem like a team where once they get a goal without Zaha, that the floodgates might open with the amount of chances they create in a game. I don't However, see that against a Villa team, though. I, yeah, again, I don't see it either. Maybe a draw, um, honestly. Another The perennial drawers of Crystal Palace. <laughs> I hate to see it, but you might be right. I mean, this one... So it's going to be close. Uh, depending on how other results go, though, could see Aston Villa jump above Chelsea. So <laughs> all they need is a point. <laughs> uh, wow. Next up, oh yeah, I'm going to go with. Uh, I'm going to go with a Palace win in this one. A Palace win, going bold, yeah. huh? Yeah, I think uh, your boy Elise is going to keep shining brightly, and I think he'll be the difference maker in this one. Sounds good. Next up, we got Brighton against West Ham. Brighton, a little bit of a slump lately. They've been kind of all over the board. And then West Ham, I mean, they're close to the bottom of the table, but coming off a 4-0 win their last one. How do you see this one going? Honestly, I think West Ham get a point at the Amex. Yeah, I think they I continue mean, they that hot can. form. I think they continue that hot form, and I, maybe this is where they start to kind of climb away from the relegation zone. Maybe, maybe. I don't know. We'll see, but uh, I think I, I think they get a point. Okay. Um, I think you might be onto something. However, again, I've said it once. I've said it a million times. I love watching Brighton play. They are fantastic going forward. And with how leaky West Ham's defense has been, I don't see them keeping Brighton out of the goal. And I think Brighton get a win in this one. Okay. A Brighton win. I'll go for a draw. 
Speaking of teams that can't keep the ball out of the net or score a goal, we got Chelsea against Leeds United. Uh, both teams kind of struggling on defense and kind of struggling going forward. How do you see this one going? This is a kind of make or break game, I think, for Graham Potter, man. If he can't beat Leeds United, there's going to be some serious questions asked about his job. And this one's at the bridge. I think Leeds maybe get a... I want I want Leeds to get a draw because I'm rooting for them. I want I don't want to see them in the relegation zone. Yeah, they're hovering right above it right now. But I think Chelsea gets a win. Wow! So you think Chelsea will actually score a goal in this game? I do. Okay. They have too much talent. Um, I mean, honestly, like I feel like I could go coach Chelsea, throw all those players on, and happen into a goal. They've gone six hours without a goal. How? I mean. They scored one goal in the entire month of February. It's crazy. That's a lot. We'll dive into them later. Let's, only let's score. Give me your prediction. <laughs> um, I think Chelsea's struggles continue. I think this one's going to be a draw. Uh, I hope it's not nil-nil, but my gut is kind of telling me nil-nil on this one. Well, you just drank that skunk ape, man. It could be that, too, you're feeling. <laughs> could be. It is uh, kind of skunky, so... All right, next up we have Wolves against Tottenham Hotspur. Tottenham fresh off a win against Chelsea. Wolves playing Liverpool midweek. How do you see this one going? Oh, Wolves. I want them to do good too. I feel like they have too good of a squad to be where they're at. I really do. I think Luke Tigi does turn it around, but man, against Tottenham, it's going to be a tough ask. Tottenham are flying high off their win off Chelsea. But it's not in London, so I think I give Wolves a chance, and this one ends in a draw. Okay. Um, I know this one's at the Molyneux. Tottenham struggle away from home this season. They do. Uh, they've been scoring. They've been scoring quite well at home, but away from home, they're not doing so hot. Um, you know, Wolves. They've been looking better with every single game. Tottenham really haven't. They've just been playing the same. Well, you never know what Tottenham you're going to get, I would say. They're, or what half they're going to show they're up. They're hot and cold, yeah. man. Um, I'm going to go with Wolves getting a goal early and Tottenham coming back and winning 2-1 to one in the second half. The second half Tottenham team comeback, huh? Yeah, yeah. yeah I just think, I think Tottenham are too good going forward and Wolves haven't shown me enough so far this season to show me that they can overcome that and score enough to beat Tottenham. I will say Wolves struggle to score goals, but their defense looks a lot better with Craig Dawson back there. It took yeah. a wonder strike from Solomon to get a goal against them. So that's, yeah. that's why I think they'll get a draw. Okay. Next up we have Southampton against Leicester city. This one could go either way. It's at St. Mary's Southampton fresh off a one nil loss uh, and Leicester city off a one nil loss as well to Arsenal. I think Leicester looked the better teams in those games though, that I, cause I watched Leicester play Arsenal and I watched Southampton play Leeds and both those losses. So I got to go for Leicester in this one, three points going to the Foxes. Yeah, I mean, Leicester looked really good against Manchester United, and 3-0 for United was definitely a flattering scoreline and not really fair 
to how Leicester played. And they played fantastically against Arsenal. I mean, Arsenal, they're in first place for a reason, and that's unbiased opinion. Um, yeah, I'm going to have to agree with you on this one. I think Leicester City are just too good, and they're starting to build a little bit of momentum, even though they're losing, uh, with some promising performances. And Southampton they're playing have better. Not, yeah, they're, and Southampton they're playing have better, not which been is playing well. Like I can understand if you're losing, but if you're not seeing any improvement, then that's what's discouraging. Exactly. And we're seeing improvement um, they, with them. I mean, they kept Arsenal to no shots on goal and a half, which might be the first time all season that that's happened. So I, I'm going to have to give that one to Leicester City. All right. Next up on the fifth, we have Nottingham Forest against Everton. This is going to be a big six-pointer for Everton. Yeah, that is, man, because they're sitting in 18th place in the relegation zone. If they win this game... They'll just be two points behind Nottingham Forest. Yeah, and they have a chance to jump above Leeds, West Ham, and tie Wolves on points. So, Depending how the results go, yeah. yeah. This is a must-win game for Everton. I mean, if you're Everton Football Club, you look at this fixture, and this is when you have to win. You need three points here. It's away yeah. from Goodison Park, but they have to win, man. I got I got to go with Leicester, or Everton. They have to win this game. For me, it's it's all about which Nottingham Forest team shows up. I mean, we saw them draw Manchester City and somehow keep Manchester City out of the net. I don't know how that happened <laughs> luck. after that first goal. <laughs> that was luck. Let's be yeah. honest. Um, luck. But Never they've heard. been – I mean, they got Kaylor Navas back there. Felipe was a great signing. I, I just I, – it's tough. Because you never know which team is going to show up going And you don't forward. know who's going to score. Like, where are the goals going to come from in this game? Especially from Everton. Yeah. Uh, it's, I'm going to go with a draw on this one. You're, you're probably right, but I'm going to go with Everton win. All right. I think that Next one does up, have draw written all over it, though. <laughs> it, it really does. It really does. And I, I'll be honest with you, I'm taking the easy route because I can't make a decision. Uh, next up, we have the big game of the weekend. One of the oldest rivalries out there Liverpool against Manchester United at Anfield this one is about to be rocking huge rivalry man this is a huge rivalry this huge. is gonna be a fun game I don't want to talk yeah. too much about it we're gonna do a live stream we'll, we'll have our thoughts on that so you guys have to check out our live stream for this one it's gonna be fun this isn't teams we support so we can be unbiased in this one when we watch it and or give bias. Our true, Either way, true thoughts or feelings. <laughs> yeah, uh, I uh, yeah, I'm not going to give my predictions. I know who I want to win, but I won't reveal that until just before the game starts on the live stream. So make sure you go check that out. Uh, it will be on our YouTube and Facebook pages. So make sure you go like, subscribe, and hit that bell notification button for those two, uh, as well as check out our TikTok, Instagram. And Redbubble, help us keep doing this as long as we can. Insert Next plug. up on <laughs> the sixth, we have Brentford against Fulham. And this is Ooh. essentially a six-pointer for Ooh. the European places. That has a, a good one. That's a good one there. Fulham in sixth place on 39 points. Brentford in ninth on 35 points. That could be a good one, man. Mm-hmm. 
Fulham didn't impress me last time out. Uh, I'll admit, I don't know. Who did Brentford play last? Great question. They drew their last game. I can see that. Yeah. I, um, I think maybe I want to give the edge to Fulham in this one. Yeah. I, for me, I don't though, know. Brentford are playing really good at home. Yeah, I was going to say, Brentford have been very good at home. Uh, and that's why they, they have to be the favorites for me. Um, sorry, I'm, I'm looking to see who they played, but I don't see it. I think so. if it wasn't at Brentford's home stadium, I think I would pick the other team. But because it's there, I, now I'm changing my mind. I think I got to go with Brentford. You can't just change your mind because I said that Brentford were the favorites. Well, I didn't change my mind because of that. Change it because they're playing at crap, home. man. Uh, <laughs> I, I think Brentford have enough in this one. Uh, I think it'll be close, though, and it'll be very yeah, it entertaining. Be. Um, Fulham are exciting going forward, and Brentford are fantastic on the counterattack. Um, I think this one's going to be all down to does Ivan Tony and Alexander, Alexander Mitrovic play? I don't know if Mitrovic will be back. Ivan Tony's looking like he'll play. So I think that could be the difference right there. All right. Next up, we are going to fly over to Italy in the Serie A on the third. We have Napoli against Lazio. Sorry, champions elect Napoli against Lazio. (laughs) Lazio uh, sneaking up into the top four places. Yeah, they're only against fourth. They're only a couple. Yeah, they're only a couple points behind Milan. Both Milan teams enter in AC. This would be a huge win for Lazio if they can get it. Having said that, Red Hot Napoli are honestly one of the best teams in Europe right now. Yeah. It's hard to bet against Napoli, man. It's just, it's tough. Yeah. How can you bet against them? Especially, uh, especially in at home. Yeah. it's you, you can't really bet against them. So. so I won't. I'll go Napoli. I'm not either. Napoli for me as well in this one. I think the best Lazio can do is a draw. But I don't see that happening either. All right. On the fourth, we have Atalanta against Udinese. Atalanta sitting in sixth, Udinese in tenth. How do you see this one going? Atalanta need this win because I believe they lost out to AC Milan last time. So they, they need a win there. I'm going to go with Atalanta, especially since it's at their home stadium. Yeah, I mean, Atalanta need three points to keep pace with Roma. That way they at least have a chance at Champions League places, as well as uh, Lazio. Yeah. Depending on, you know, the Napoli-Lazio result, I mean, Atalanta could go one point behind Champions League places. I I also am going to have to go with Atalanta on this one. Next up, we have Fiorentina against... AC Milan, this one in Florence. How do you see it going? Fiorentina, man, they're in fourth, or not fourth, 12th place on 28 points, and AC Milan are in second, 47 points. And AC Milan didn't impress me last time out against Atalanta. I thought they looked real good. They got Zlatan back, the man. The man, the myth, the legend. Yep. So I'm going go to go with AC Milan in this one, picking the favorites. Um. AC Milan, they're definitely favorites in this one, um, and probably multiple goal favorites. They're inconsistent lately, though. 
They are inconsistent. Yep, I'll give you that. And I mean, Fiorentina's not doing great this season. So I think no matter what AC Milan team shows up, I still think they win this game. I do too. They've won three on the bounce in Serie A. And then obviously they beat Tottenham in the Champions League. So they're they're kind of riding a good wave here. Yeah, they're they're definitely doing well. Uh, and they need that form to continue once they uh, have to go over to Tottenham Stadium for the second leg of that Champions League tie. Next up on the fifth, we have Inter against Lecce. Inter and AC Milan are battling it out for second place right now, tied on points. Inter up only on goal differential. Uh, and Lecce sitting 15th on 27 points. How do you see this one going? Man, it's tough to figure out what Inter Milan's going to do. It really is. They lost their last game out. They played terrible. Lukaku looked awful. But then in the Champions League, they play Porto, and Lukaku comes on and is a game changer. I mean, I'll give give them credit. The field they played on looked like a Sunday League pitch that we used to play on. Yeah, looked Uh, like a pitch for Aquaman. Yeah. There's so much water on There's that. So field. much water. So I can only imagine that this being at the San Siro, it's not going to look like that. I would expect. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go for Enter on this one. I think uh, they got enough quality and uh, a solid pitch to be able to fall back on, and they will beat Lecce, who are not doing very well this season. No, Lecce are not doing very well. I, I think you're right. I think that was kind of a wake-up call for Inter Milan, and they get back to winning ways. All right. Next up, we have the game that everybody cares about because it's a big one. Yeah, AS Roma against Juventus. AS Roma trying to get up into the Champions League places, depending on how Lazio does against Napoli. And Juve looking to uh, make up some ground on Atalanta. I mean, they're eight points back of AS Roma. This could be a huge win for them. Oh, it would be a huge win. They definitely need to win this game. They need to claw back points for one. And this is a chance to take points away from a team that's ahead of them. And that's a that's a big opportunity right there for Juve. Mm-hmm. So they definitely need to win this game. But it's in Rome. And I told you, man, Roma in Rome, tough to beat. Yeah, win in Rome. Win in Rome. <laughs> <laughs> do as the Romans do. Uh, they win soccer games. That's what they do. Uh, <laughs> yeah. This one's tough for me. Juventus, I mean, having 15 points deducted and still making European places, how impressive would that be after talking about how crappy they had it at the beginning of the season? That'd be very impressive. Yeah, they. I don't know if they'll do it. They're, they're a ways off. Yeah. They got, they got some points to make up. You know, but this could be a huge three points to close that gap. Um, yeah. I almost want to say 10, mo- 10 points is a little too too big of a mountain to climb. Yeah. To claw back um, in. I mean, there's still 14 games left. It's possible. Especially oh, it's definitely the way Serie A is going this season. It's kind of all over the place, except for you Napoli. You don't know who's going to win on some of these games, do you? No. Uh, you don't know which team's going to show up either. So, um. You know, I'm going to go with a Juventus win in this one. I'm kind of feeling that too. Like that's what my gut's telling me. So I'll win in Rome, right? Yeah. (laughs) Not this time. (laughs) Uh, So who are you picking? I'm picking Juve. Okay. 
Well, stop agreeing with me. Uh, next up, we fly over to Germany and the Bundesliga. And on the third, we kick it off with a six-pointer at the top of the table. We got second place tied for first on points, Borussia Dortmund against fourth place RB Leipzig, who are one point behind Union Berlin, who are in third place. Uh, yeah. This one, honestly, could go any direction. It really could. This is a huge game for RB Leipzig if they can get a win. 100%. It'd be a huge win for Borussia Dortmund to keep pace with Bayern Munich in this one. Uh, yeah, cause and to Bayern put Munich some distance play? between them and third and fourth place. Yeah, Bayern Munich plays Stuttgart later on, and you expect Bayern to get a win there. So I'm going to go for Dortmund in this game. They need this win, I, I think, to keep pace with Bayern Munich. It's... It's in Dortmund, so I'm going with Borussia Dortmund in this one. Yeah, that that yellow wall is tough, tough to get by. That's a fantastic stadium if anyone ever has a chance to go there. Whoever was the architect of that did a brilliant job. Um, However, my choice, I'm going to have to pick the spoilers in this one. I love RB Leipzig. They... Got Christopher and Cuckoo back. I think he makes a difference. All right. I think Dortmund, man, they're in red hot form this season, this year. Well, you'll have to wait to the next episode to see which one of us says, I told you so. <laughs> next up on the fourth, we got Union Berlin against Cologne. Uh, how do you see this one going? Union Berlin in third. Cologne, where are they sitting at? Uh, 12th. 12th. Union Berlin have been playing good, man. I'm, I've been pretty impressed by them. I know they got spanked by Bayern, but they looked good in the Champions League. Or not Champions League, Europa League. So I'm going with Union Berlin. Okay. Uh, I don't see any way that this goes any other way than one way. and One, one way, way only. and one way only. <laughs> A lot of words to get to my point. Uh, Union Berlin. I got there for you. One. Cologne have not been good lately. Uh, they've been losing games left and right. Union Berlin team, are yeah. Cinderella story of the season. Let the good times continue. Next up, we have Borussia Mönchengladbach against Freiburg. Mönchengladbach have a they have a solid squad, and Freiburg has been struggling of late. How do you see this one going? Yeah, so Freiburg's in fifth on forty-one points. Munchen Gladbach's in 10th on 29 points. It's tough not to say Freiburg. They're obviously the favorites on paper, but they drew their last game. Munchen Gladbach lost their last game. Ah, man. I... Wait, let me guess. Hold on. You're going for a draw. <laughs> I was honestly thinking for the upset. Munchen Gladbach. <laughs> well, I'm just projecting outward what my choice was, and I'm going to pick a draw. Uh, I don't see anything between these two teams. Both teams aren't on great form. Uh, However, a win for either squad would be huge for the momentum going forward. And Freiburg definitely need it. Freiburg's not in terrible form. They drew their last game, and then they got two wins before that. But since the new year, I would say their form's been inconsistent. Yeah, and that's that's pretty much what I'm talking about. Um, Yeah, I'm going to go with a draw on this one. 
Next up, we have Stuttgart against Bayern Munich. Uh, I'm not even going to ask you how you think this is going because you already said, and it's going to go one way and one way only Bayern Munich. I'm going to go with probably three or four goals in this one. Probably. I hope Sadio Mane gets a goal. I want I want to see him get back to scoring. Yeah, I, I hope to see him do the same. All right. On the fifth, we got Bayer Leverkusen against Hertha Berlin. Uh, Hertha Berlin's in 14th. Leverkusen desperately need a win here because they're in 11th. They have way too good of a squad to be sitting in 11th. I know, right? Maybe with Florian Verts back, they'll get the win here. I think they will. I do too. Uh, it's hard to pick them. Are hard not to pick them in this one. Uh, Hurt to Berlin. They're not doing great. Um, they have five wins, five draws, and 12 losses this season. So uh, Leverkusen need the win desperately. I think they'll pull it out. Next up, we have Wolfsburg against Eintracht Frankfurt. Uh, Frankfurt coming off a rough loss. Midweek, I guess that would be a week ago, wouldn't it? Um, yeah, last week. Yeah, last week, not midweek. Um, yeah, Wolfsburg are sitting in seventh, Frankfurt in sixth. However, Frankfurt are five points up on Wolfsburg. So, how do you see this one going? Hmm. I think they're also pretty close in their stats man mm-hmm. like even their goal differential is 11 and 12 wolfsburg's been scoring a lot of goals since the n- new year um yeah they got a couple of three nil and four nil wins so they definitely score goals i don't know on that one man that one flip a coin honestly i don't have one handy sorry if you're making me pick i'll go twist your Frankfurt. all right uh, just to be different, I'm going to go with Wolfsburg. They are at home, uh, and I think they have the firepower to win this one. Uh, I'm not sure. Is Kolomowani suspended for this one? No. It's just uh, in Europe for next season, I guess, if they make it there. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go with Wolfsburg in this one. All That's right. That's all I got to say about that. All righty, then. However... It's time to open another beer. Oh, beer uh, number two. What beer was this one called two. again? Uh, it's Hop Venom. It's double IPA from Boneyard Brewing. Hop Buddy Andy Venom. gave me this one. Um, it's 9%, so we're about to have some fun. Ooh, spicy. So, I don't like IPAs, and this is a double IPA. So either I'm going to love it, or you guys are going to see me take a couple of sips and then chug it. So this should be interesting. <laughs> Wow. Um, that is strong. Uh, bite you in the ass a little bit, but it's not terrible. Not terrible? Not terrible. Uh, unlike you, I don't, my reactions aren't on my face. Maybe it's the beard covering it up. <laughs> um, I don't know. Uh, ask me again a little later what I think of this. I'll wait till like your third or fourth sip. Yeah. Uh, ask me around the FIFA Best Awards and we'll see if it's. <laughs> A good beer or not. So, okay. Targo, let's fly over to Spain. What's happening in La Liga? La Liga, man. We got Atletico Madrid versus Sevilla. Ooh. The guys you picked to win the Europa League. Again, I said 
second if Arsenal don't Thank win. You. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thank you. Get it I'm right. Start, I'm starting to remember. Fiftieth time. <laughs> anyway, anyway, Atletico Madrid. They're sitting in fourth place on 42 points. Sevilla are in 14th on 25 points. No, I had to look for them. I think Atletico, man, get the win on this one. They've been in pretty good form. They got a draw against Madrid in the Madrid derby last time out with a man sent off. So, And Griezmann has been in awesome form. So I'm going with Atletico Madrid on this one. Yeah, Sevilla's struggles in La Liga have been worrying. Uh, and I think they do continue in this one. I, I just don't see any way that Atletico Madrid loses this one because of the form of their forwards. I mean, Griezmann's been on fire. Uh, even Memphis has been doing pretty good. So, yeah, Atletico Madrid for me in this one. And that game is on the 4th of March for anyone who wants to check it out. I believe the league games are on ESPN+. Plus. Yes, sir. And on the fifth, we have Barcelona against Valencia. So Barcelona, they're sitting pretty in first place. Valencia sitting ugly in 18th place. Yeah. They got a win their last time out. This was their first win in five games. And it was a big one. It was against Real Sociedad. Sociedad. Yeah, that's yeah. a huge one. I mean, not to mention uh, Barcelona off a shock loss as well. Yeah, to Almeria. Yeah. Having said um, that, I see this going one way and one way only. <laughs> Barcelona. I do think I, I believe I heard Lewandowski's out for this game, and yeah, Pedri might also. not be back either. Yeah, I don't so we'll see how Barca does. I don't Maybe think it makes a difference. I think they're too good on defense, and more importantly, Valencia is not very good going forward this season. They're not not good very at all good on defense. Season. So. That leads to one thing and one thing only, and that's a Barcelona win. Yep, I agree. I think that's the way it goes. All and right. also on the fifth, we have Real Betis against Real Madrid. Real Betis are sitting in fifth place on 40 points. Real Madrid are sitting in second on 52 points. How do you see this one going, one. Josh? This is going to be a good one. That should be a pretty good one, right? Yeah. Um Betis have been, they're fun to watch, man. I do love their kits, the green and white stripes. Um, However, kits don't mean anything in football. Uh, Just look at Tottenham. I mean, they have one of the, have one of the ugliest away jerseys I've ever seen. Which one? The (laughs) navy blue with the neon yellow accents is so ugly. Um, It's a, you know. Dig at Tottenham like natural. I don't know, man. Those Brentford polka dot ones are pretty bad. Yeah, the paint splatter ones? They're polka dots. They're not paint splatter. They're supposed to be paint splatter. It's so, polka yeah, dot. They're round circles. A, that would explain a lot. Um, Yeah, I I can't can't see past Real Madrid in this one. They're coming off two, two big games. One of them, they blew Liverpool out of the water. The other one, they drew Atletico. I think both teams have more quality than Betis does. So I'm going to go with a Real Madrid win in this one. Yeah, I mean, I feel like Real Madrid and the Champions League are a different beast than in La Liga right they now. They always have been, though. But, I mean, it's Real Madrid. How do you not say Real Madrid? Yeah. Uh, as someone famously once said, all teams 
fear Real Madrid. And Real Madrid, fear Barcelona. So, <laughs> yeah. That was Thierry Henry, if anyone was wondering. Huh? <laughs> that was Thierry Henry who said that, wasn't it? Yeah. Yes, it was. This guy. And that guy. Above your head there. Yeah, yeah right there. <laughs> and this, because that's what he's wearing. FYI, we're pointing at pictures and jerseys for listeners. Nah, on just the podcast. check, check out our YouTube, on YouTube, and you find it out yourself. <laughs> Where are we off to after La Liga, my All friend? Right. We're gonna go Liga in France. Uh, we got two pretty significant games in this one. First off, on the fourth, we have Law against Lille. Uh, this one is fourth against sixth. Uh, Law were in second place at one point, and now they're oh, dropped fall, down to man. fourth. Um, Lille have some attacking firepower, so I think this could go either way. I hope Lon win. I want to see them kind of like Union Berlin get into that that story of one of the shocking teams in Europe kind of doing well. So I'm going to go for, for Lon. Um. I mean, Law were flying high for a while there. I mean, they still have only lost three games all season, but they've been drawing games left and right. Yeah, it's those draws um, that are killing them. I, Lille going forward are impressive. I mean, Jonathan David's been resurgent recently, scoring goals left and right. I'm going to go with a draw on this one. Yeah. Safe bet, safe bet. Yeah, well. I just I can't see anything between the two teams. So, uh, however, this next game is going to be completely the opposite. So we got PSG against Naw. Um, I personally see this going one way and one way only, especially Bob with a messy show. Yeah, especially with the chemistry that those two have developed. It's insane. I love it, and it's some of the most fun football to watch. However, everything else that happens in those games is not very entertaining. So I don't watch full games. Uh, I yeah. You want to say it, or you want me to? One way and one way only. <laughs> yeah, PSG win in this one. All How many right. goals does Mbappe and Messi score? I'm gonna go. Uh, I mean, Na is in 13th this year. It might be in the Europa League, but they are not doing well in Ligue 1. So I'm going to go between the two of them. Uh, let's go uh, three. I was going to go with two, but I think that's too low. So, <laughs> All Yeah, Bafe's right. top goal scorer now in Ligue 1. He is. And you have the two best footballers in the world on the same team with incredible chemistry. I mean, what that doesn't mean anything but bad news for any team facing them on a week-to-week basis. Pretty much. Except for Bayern Munich. Um, so let's switch gears. Uh, we're going to go to the FIFA best awards. Now, uh, we didn't put this in any particular order except for essentially what we kind of cared least about to what we cared most about Uh, a little bit of controversy in here. And, uh, let's see if we got these right. All right. For the record, uh, Argentinian, Argentinian players and fans were nominated for about every award. Let's see how many they win after World winning Cup winners, World. man. Always get nominated. So, best fans up first. Uh, I think I picked Japan for this one. 
Um, I'm not sure. Who'd you pick? I don't remember. I don't even remember picking anyone for this, did okay. we? Well, in my brain, I picked Japan. Uh, but Argentina won. Not really a surprise. I mean, they essentially made every game a home game with how many fans showed up to those World Cup games. It was fun. That Mexico-Argentina game, all the fans came out for that one, man. Yeah, it was fantastic. And they needed it, too. And it proved to be the game that turned the tides for them. So, yeah. So, Argentina, they won best fans. Next up, we had best coach. Uh, We both picked Carlo Ancelotti for this one. It was Lionel Scaloni. Not really a big surprise. Yep, Argentina coach. We picked Ancelotti, Real Madrid coach, who had won the Champions League. But again, these are going to be biased towards World Cup winners. Yep, so that's, for those of you at home, two best awards for Argentina. Next up, we go to the best goalkeeper. Uh, We... I picked Thibaut Courtois. I think you said you wanted Court. You thought Courtois deserved to win it, but you thought Emmy Martinez would win it. I think so. I think that was what I. I wanted. I I thought Courtois should win it, but I think yeah. Emmy would. Well, you were right. Uh, Emmy Martinez did win. I'm so happy for him um, to go from where he was in Argentina all the way up through Arsenal, going on loan. What was it six times? Something crazy like that. That was a lot. Yeah. And then winning he got an his FA chance. Cup, going to Aston Villa and then winning a World Cup. What Honestly, it was that save, that one save in the final that probably won him that award. Oh, 100%. Because um, it certainly wasn't his form for Aston Villa. No. Yeah. Uh, that's where the controversy gets in. We'll get into we'll, that. In uh, we'll discuss more <laughs> about Emmy Martinez in a little bit. So, for those of you at home, that's three for Argentina. Next up, we had the Puskas Award, which there was not any Argentinian nominations for this one. Uh, I picked uh, Marsa Oleski for this one. I Did you pick Payet. Mbappe? I picked Payet. Payet, that was it. Uh, well, Oleski Payet. wins this one. Huge moment. He's the first amputee to ever win the award. Uh, brings a lot of diversity to FIFA awards. So maybe that was kind of rigged, but I don't think so because that's how magnificent that goal was. It was an amazing goal. Good for him. Very proud of him. Yeah, that was fantastic. Um, congratulations to him. Next up, we have the women's best player. I'm not going to spend too much time on this one because it didn't really surprise anyone. Alexia Putelas won back-to-back. She is a Spain and Barcelona forward. She is absolutely fantastic. Yeah, she's amazing. You get to watch her play. Consider yourself lucky. Uh, Next up, and this is the big one, we had the men's best player. Ah. I mean, we thought this was going one way and one way only. We, we all knew it. Lionel Messi was going to win this one. He did, which for the men's was a clean sweep for Argentina. Surprise, surprise. Any uh, thoughts about that one? We knew he was going to win it. I mean, off of his performance in the World Cup. So it's not a surprise. It's, no. It's what we called, what we expected. Yeah. And I mean, next up is the Ballon d'Or for him. I don't think it's really going to be much of a competition, but I was surprised to see 
some of the ways that the votes went for other captains and other teams. So it could be anyone's game at this point. So next up, we have the controversial one, which is the men's best 11 with a very interesting formation out here looking like Manchester City. So they decided to do a 3-3-4. That's wild. (laughs) What a weird formation. The only team I've ever seen do that is Manchester City. Yeah, they did one recently. Yeah. And then the next most interesting thing was who they picked for goalie. With Let me remind you, Emmy Martinez winning best goalie, but none other than Thibaut Courtois got into the men's best 11. Very interesting. Yeah. Doesn't make any sense to me. You would think the person who wins the best goalie award would get into the best 11. All right. Defense, we had three. So on the right, we had Ashraf Hakimi. No I think surprise that was well there. Yeah. Center back, we had Virgil van Dyke. Thoughts? Little surprising off of his current form, but obviously this is for 2022. I mean, I guess who who else do you put back there? Yeah. Um, yeah, the argument could be made probably for Ruben Diaz. Mm, I think I'd go over with Van Dyke over Diaz. And he did win more trophies, so. Um, next up on left back, speaking of Manchester City, we have Jao Cancelo. I right thought this was left a back. bit of a surprise. Yeah, why not Alfonso Davies or Theo Hernandez? Yeah, one of those. Yeah, left backs. Interesting. Um, Cancelo for me, I, that doesn't make any sense, but it is what it is. Next up, we go to center mids. Um, none of these were surprising, so I'm just going to go through them. We had Kevin De Bruyne, Casemiro, and Luka Modric. All deserve to be in there. No argument for me. Nope. And then we go to our front four. A little bit more of the same here. Nothing surprised me in this one. Lionel Messi, Kareem Benzema, Erling Holland, and Kylian Mbappe. So do you think Benzema should have been in there? And maybe Honestly, I think they could have took Benzema out and added another midfielder. Could have, um, but how do you look past Benzema not being in the squad? Didn't do anything at the World Cup? Especially the year he had last year. So, it's FIFA Best Awards. Let us know uh, who you thought should have been in here. Maybe there's names we're forgetting. That happens quite regularly. So, (laughs) there's a lot of players. Yeah, a lot of players. Hard to drink a lot. All of them. But maybe you guys have some better ideas than maybe Kareem Benzema, maybe an Erling Holland, maybe better than one of the midfielders, maybe better than Virgil van Dijk. I don't know. So speaking of Virgil van Dijk, we are going to switch gears and uh, Targo, let's go over why Chelsea and Liverpool suck so bad this season. So I who will should we give- start with? Before we get started, I will give Liverpool a little bit of credit. Um, they at least have a fighting chance of making it into the Champions League this season. So, so. why don't we start with them? So they suck the least. They suck <laughs> the least. Okay. So that way you can rant a little bit more about the struggling Chelsea. Okay. Struggling so we got Liverpool 23 games in. They've won 10, drawn 6, lost 7. 
Um, they've let in more goals than they did all of last season already. More losses uh, than the last two seasons, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, already. that is also true. Um, and they're on 36 points. They are nine points out of fourth place with two games in hand. So it's definitely obviously possible for them to get into Champions League. I think they'll get close. I don't know if they'll quite do it. But they got a fighting chance. I'll say that. But here's where I think it went wrong for Liverpool this season. Honestly, the, the biggest talking point is going to be Sadio Mane leaving. I know you and I, we probably both think he was probably their best player, him or Mosala. I think he was, yeah, 100%. And so that's going to be a huge blow. Uh, they brought in Darwin Nunez to replace him. They spent a lot of money on Darwin Nunez, close to, what was 100 million euros, something mm-hmm. like that. But that's all they got. And then this January, they got Cody Gagpo. Kind of out of necessity because Luis Diaz has been out injured quite a bit. And Roberto Firmino's not in the best form. And I think that's the second talking point. They haven't signed any really new players, especially to that midfield, an aging midfield, midfield out of form. And so there's there's number one and two. Sadio Mane leaving. No real signings except for two this past year. And then form. That's the number three thing, man. Virgil van Dijk has not been in good form. Trent Alexander-Arnold has been in terrible, terrible form defensively. Form. Terrible form. Allison, you could say, is not up to Allison's standards. I mean, Fabinho looks terrible, man. I wouldn't be surprised if they try to sell him here this summer. Yeah. Henderson's aging. I mean, Nabi Keita was always a bench player. Darwin Nunez, I will say, has done all right. You expect him to probably do a little bit better for the amount of money they paid for him. But I would say he's done all right. I, w- I would say that he, he his finishing has been poor. But he is getting himself in a lot of really good attacking situations and very good positioning going forward. So I, that it, that part is promising. Yeah, you you got to imagine he's going to start finishing some of these chances, and you'll see his numbers really go up. Mm-hmm. But honestly, the also a player that we're not used to the standards that we've seen in the past is Mo Salah, man. Mohamed Salah, he used to strike fear in defenders. Now it's it's almost like he's just a walkabout. He's out there on a walkabout, just kind of doing his thing. Don't really see a lot of intensity from him. You know, you used to seeing him drive at defenders, having those quick feet in the box, curling a shot around a goalie. Now you see him, defenders getting a toe on the ball or his shot's going right at the goalie. And so for me, those are the three things why Liverpool probably aren't doing the best this season is Sadio Mane, loss of him, no signings really, in the, especially in that midfield, and then just players out of form. Okay. Um, about Mo Salah on that note, I think – your first point is the biggest reason why his form has struggled this season and Sadio Mane leaving because with the strike partnership they had, they were interchangeable, right? They were all over the pitch. Now he's stuck out on the right-hand side. Doesn't really move from there. It's not as dynamic. So I would argue he played quite a bit on that right-hand side when Sadio Mane was there. They were a lot more interchangeable. I will say that Um, they're getting back there with, Klopp putting Gakpo up front and Nunez out on the left, but that takes time. 
time they don't really necessarily have. So my three, um, I'm going to go in a different direction, but also the same. I know we you mentioned Darwin Nunez and Cody Gakpo as their only signings. Both are in attack. I mean, they needed to replace Sadio Mane, but they had Luis Diaz, and he's been hurt. I think their real problem is their aging midfield. Because they're getting older, I mean, not a single one of them except for the new guy. I think it's pronounced Besic. Besic, yeah, something Besic. like that. And he's not a natural midfielder. Yeah, I think they, he's a natural midfielder, but he's young, doesn't have a lot of experience. And that was obviously put on display against Real Madrid. Yeah. Um, but they have an aging Jordan Henderson, an aging Fabinho, who looks like a shadow of himself this season. Uh, Oxlade Chamberlain, who I, you know, sometimes forget even plays anymore. James Milner, who's like 100 years old. But probably the fittest one. No, 100%. <laughs> um, Tiago's been injured. Tiago's been hurt most of the season. So between injuries and their aging midfield, teams just run right through them once they get the ball. It's, I mean, even as a defender in form or out of form, it's hard to keep teams out of the net if your midfield doesn't do anything. So first one is my, is their aging midfield. Kind of linked to that for my second one is that they spent all of their money on attackers. I mean, 100 mil euro for Darwin Nunez essentially wiped them out for having any money for midfielders. Um, I Was that the right choice for a transfer? I mean, I know Darwin Nunez is very, very promising and in the next five years could be the best striker in the world, could be. Uh, next to Erling Holland, time will tell on that one. But I just was Cody Gakpo the right decision in January? No, I don't they think needed so. a midfielder, man. Yeah, they needed a midfielder desperately, and for forty mil, you almost have your pick of the litter. Uh, and then losing Giorgio Wijnaldum was a huge blow. Yeah, letting a him go. Ago, on a they never replaced PSG him, and ever since, and he's been on loan. Went to AS Roma, and now I think he's in Turkey. So why not keep a hold of him and give him a short-term contract? Yes, he's still old, but he was fantastic in that midfield. Uh, and then lastly, it's got to be injuries. It's got to be. I mean, yeah, an injury we forgot to mention was Diogo Jota. Yeah, yeah. Um, and to that credit, do you really need Cody Gakpo if you have a healthy Diogo Jota and, and Luis Diaz? Diaz? Yeah, no. no, you don't. Not at all. So maybe Gakpo was more of a panic buy, but yeah, I mean, almost every single player on the team has been hurt at some point this season. Some out longer than others and Diaz and Jota and Virgil van Dijk was even out for a month. So it's hard to get good form going when a lot of your best players have been out for an extended period of time. I know Jurgen Klopp says it, um, but that is, it's hard to do. So aging midfield, 
money spent on attackers and injuries. I do want to add a fourth, though. Maybe this is coincidence. Maybe it's not. The Jurgen Klopp seven-year curse. Every team he's been at, the team has crumbled and he's left after the seventh year. This is seventh year at Liverpool. He says he wants to stay and rebuild. Do you, you think he's the him, man for the job to stay? Do you think he? I mean, he rebuilt Liverpool when he first got there. Yeah, it took him a couple years. Yeah, I mean, some people might not remember, but their first year, Klopp got there. They they weren't title contenders right away. I think they finished eighth. Did they not? It was somewhere around there, sixth, yeah. eighth. Yeah, you know, I, I don't know what the exact position was, but it, it took him some years. So maybe it's the Klopp seven year curse. I don't know. Uh, Klopp has never stayed at a team longer than that. If he stays at Liverpool, this will be new territory for him. Does he do better? Does he go on a second rebuild? Does yeah, he you're right. Have... It was eighth place. Sorry to interrupt. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. Glad I could remember that. Um, it was kind of a shot in the dark, I'll be honest. Uh, yeah, it is. Does Jurgen Klopp have it in him to rebuild a second time? Do the Liverpool owners and that Fenway ownership group give him the money he needs to do that? Because we're talking hundreds of millions of pounds to be able to do that. So do they give him that money? If they don't, if you're Jurgen Klopp, do you just leave because you don't have what you need to be able to rebuild the squad? You don't have support? I don't know. Yeah, that'll, that's tough. That's a tough one right there because I think Klopp is the right coach if he has the resources. But does Liverpool have the resources to give him to be able to rebuild this team? I think they do have the resources. I mean, they're one of the most profitable clubs in the world. However, it's do that Fenway ownership group want to give him the money? And that one is a tough, tough ask because they haven't been known to give him that money except for when they first bought the team. So time will tell but, on that one. But they have spent quite a money. Like they spent quite a bit of money on Virgil van Dyke, Allison. Yeah. I mean, they've spent over $2 billion since Klopp got there. Yes. I don't think it was that. I don't think it's been that much. It has been in the last seven years. Yes. But yeah, they've spent some money. So that, that's kind of what's going on with Liverpool. I do think, They'll get, like I said, they'll they'll for sure, I think, be in their Europa League. I think they can get up to Europa League spot. Champions League will be tough. It's possible. But they, they'll need to win a lot of games here and kind of turn some of this form around. They need to make Anfield a fortress again for sure. Yeah. I know the fans want to. It's going to be dependent on the play on the field. So let's move on to Chelsea. Now, I know there's a million ways we could poke this bear but um where do where do we start i guess i sitting in 10th uh they have more losses than they have wins almost as many draws as they have wins closer Uh, to the relegation zone than the champions league spot yeah um 14 points from champions league and 10 points from relegation zone uh for the first time in a, as long as I can remember, they have a negative goal difference. Um, they have scored. I would you? I think it was eleven goals total since October. 
think that's well, they just have the that, least amount of goals in eleven in the past eleven games, which is yeah worse out of any club. They scored one goal in February. Um, where what's going on with Chelsea? There's a lot going on at Chelsea, man. That it's a group of players and not a team at this point. Let's be honest. They're really good players, but they're not a team. Yeah. I think one of the issues we're obviously going to have to look at besides injuries, they had their injuries there for a while. You know, they're going to have to deal with another one. Tiago Silva is going to be out for some time. But I mean, they had Raheem Sterling, Reese James, Edward Mendy, Ben Chilwell. I mean, all these players, Mason Mount, whoever else was injured. They had a, they had a lot in Kante. So injuries, I would say were the start of this downfall. But you've seen some of these players come back. The Reese James, Chilwell, Sterling. So now I'm starting to look at Potter, man. He's the coach. He's got to figure out who his best 11 is on that field. Because you see him. He doesn't know who his best 11 is at this point. He's making five, six changes every other game. And so he needs to figure out who his team is going to be and kind of stick with it, I think. And that will help him hopefully put together some wins, get some goals. Because, I mean, you look at the talent on the field, there should be goals in there. They should not be go six hours without scoring a goal. You think there'd be an accidental goal after six hours, a cross whipped in and a defender makes a mistake or something like that. 100%. I mean, with Kai Havertz, Raheem Sterling, they have an Yang, They have Jao Felix, Milo Mudrick, Enzo Fernandez. I keep going. Yeah, they so they have really good players. I mean, I think the players are starting to let Potter down too. You know, I, I think they should give him some time. I do. Because, I, I mean, I don't know who you bring in at this time. I guess my question would be, if they brought in Zidane tomorrow, would that make a difference? Maybe. No. no. Probably not. Maybe. And so that's what I'm saying. I think they got to stick by him. But if if they don't start moving up the table, at least seeing some positive play, like I can understand if you lose, but there's 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 different ways of losing. You know what I mean? Like you can lose in disgrace, or you can mm-hmm. lose with a fight. And I don't see any fight right now from that Chelsea team. I don't either. I think the most worrying thing is, I mean, a team like Chelsea, we're used to seeing them score. I mean, even when losing, scoring, right? Not going a month and scoring one goal. That is not like any Chelsea squad I've ever seen, especially with the talent they have. It makes no sense. Yeah. Um, I mean, for the record, uh, they spent over 350 mil in January, signed eight players. But you're right. They're just a team of players. There's no cohesion there. There's no fight. They've had injuries, but I mean, can you tell me like a core player on that team that's been there for a while that's healthy? I would have said Tiago Silva until he went out injured in that Tottenham game. Yeah. Okay. Keppa? Is he a leader? No. We all know that. Otherwise, I would have said Jorginho. They sold him. They sold him. 
And Golo Conte has been out injured for he's been injured all season. I guess he's back in training, but he's probably still a ways out from full fitness. Match fitness, yeah. Yeah. So there there's so many players and none of them have been playing for Chelsea for an extended period of time that are healthy. I can tell you this, they have a bit of favorable matches coming up at the bridge. Like we mentioned, they play Leeds next. I think if Graham Potter doesn't win these next couple games, he might not be there. I 100% agree, uh, which was going to lead me to my next point is I think Chelsea and the ecosystem and personalities they have, I think it might be too much for Graham Potter. He's coming from a team where there's, I mean, yes, there's personalities, but there's not these superstar egos, 100 million pound transfers in Brighton. And yes, he did wonders at Brighton. Yes, he's got this fantastic staff around him that are planning for years ahead. But if you don't win now, you're not going to make it years ahead. So what's the point? Honestly, I think it's his work at Brighton that has kept him at his job still. I mean, that's how you think of Graham Potter. You think of the success he had with Brighton. And I think he's still kind of riding that coattail. Yeah, well, I mean, Brighton are still they have four four points ahead of them with two games in hand. So, and much more entertaining to watch because they actually score goals. However, I just, I just, I think this is too much for Graham Potter. And at what point do you, you know, not stick by him anymore? I think they'll probably see out the season with him because there's. I mean, honestly, you're going to have to pay rumored to be 50 mil to get rid of him before the summer. And what coaches are available that you would take besides Thomas Tuchel? Yeah, I don't know what coaches they would be able to get. You know, I guess kind of, like I said, I think they should keep him for, you know, the reasons you had mentioned. But if they did fire him, does Chelsea get a new manager bounce or their heads in the locker room go up? You know, like I said, if a Zidane came in, do they start listening a little bit better knowing that they're listening to a Zinedine Zidane versus a Graham Potter? I I think that, yes, they would because they all would respect Zinedine Zidane. Graham, I, Graham Potter reminds me a lot of Mikel Arteta, but with more egos in his dressing room and more money to spend and used it all at once. Do you think Graham Potter actually wanted the players that Chelsea bought, or was that Todd Bowley? I would go with that probably about 50-50. I could see Graham Potter wanting Mihaila Mudrik. I don't know if he wanted Jao Felix. A lot of those younger players that they bought, yeah, I could see it. It just fits right into Graham Potter's MO. But... Obamiang, definitely not, but I guess that's left over yeah, from Tuchel. Yeah, Tuchel brought, so, brought him. Um, yeah, it, just like Arteta. Arteta inherited a squad that was, quite frankly, shit. With a bunch of players that just wanted to collect a paycheck and had no passion or drive on the field. And so I know... I see a very similar situation I, with Potter, but I don't see the personality in Graham Potter that Arteta has. And so that's what I was going to kind of allude to is 
a lot of people are comparing Potter to Arteta and saying, give him time. Look how it worked for Arteta. But kind of what happened with Arteta, man, is that documentary, that Amazon documentary, and you could see the fire in Arteta. Do you see that same fire in Graham Potter? <laughs> no way in hell. And so that's kind of what I'm saying. I don't. Yeah, I'm, I'm on the. Yeah. I mean, for those of you listening to this, the best example I could give you is just watch their press conferences side by side. Arteta's press conferences, Graham Potter's. Graham Potter has next to no personality. Arteta has tons of it and a lot of passion. You can see it in his eyes. That is a huge difference in my opinion. So I don't think the comparison should even be made, but the scenarios and situations when they both started are similar. So I understand. So I guess on the other end of it, you have Manchester United with Eric Ten Hag. He didn't start out this season the best. As you remember, Man United had a, a rough start to this season. And they've stuck by him. And look at Manchester United right now, man. They're flying high, sitting in third place, still technically title contenders, still could win a quadruple. I think that's almost a better comparison to look at. I agree, but, I mean, before this season, before Ten Hag got hired, I mean, would you have considered Ten Hag in the best coaches in the in club football? No, I would say he is now. After I mean, he had some big egos. He had Ronaldo's eagle, ego to deal with. And I thought he honestly handled it perfect. He says, you don't want to be here? Well, see you later. So prior to him getting hired for Manchester United and seeing the job he did at Ajax, I would have considered him at least in my top 10 best coaches in club football. Um, Graham Potter, I would not have put anywhere near that. So I guess what I'm trying to say is Eric Ten Hag is a much, much better coach prior to being hired by Manchester United than Graham Potter ever was. Well, and he's showing it now, especially. I don't know if that's a... Yeah, I, I don't know if that's a fair comparison. I don't know if either one is a fair comparison. And Grand Potter might just be his own special case, but either way, um, let us know in the comments. Let us know on our Facebook group. What do you guys think? I I think Grand Potter might be the problem. I also think that, I mean, they don't have a striker either, so that's not going to help anything, but Grand Potter might just be... Out of his depth. Public enemy number one for Chelsea. I think he is. Especially, like I said, if these next couple games don't go their way. But I think that's all for this episode, guys. We appreciate you listening, watching on YouTube. Again, make sure to keep an eye open for our live stream this weekend. You'll want to hop on our Instagram, Facebook, so you can know when all that's going down. At Bruce and Banter FC. March 5th, 8th. 15 a.m. sharp Pacific time. Well, there you go. Come watch us. Have some fun with all of you. That's right. And again, make sure to check out our Redbubble. Get some merch. We'll be putting out some new merch soon. Because we love doing arguably. this, guys. It's a lot of fun for us. Arguably. And we want to keep doing it. It'll be arguably. 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 <laughs> but that's it for us. We love you guys. Thank you so much. Cheers. Love you guys. Cheers.